This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report for Thursday, July 13, 2023. No phone calls are being taken at this time. It's become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street We must take America back Main Street to Wall Street Broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania Worldwide as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network and Liberty Lighthouse on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, Patriot Nation Radio Network. Uh, welcome to two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. I am Peter Serafi, your host. Tonight, I got two guests coming in to join us, two of our re- recurring repeat guests. We got Scott Thompson from Right to Bear Insurance, the federal license, firearms licensee who does gun training videos and all kinds of Second Amendment stuff. He's our resident Second Amendment expert. He's going to join us at the bottom of this first hour. So 6.30 Eastern time, if you're watching live or listening live on RBN. And then at 7 o'clock, we got retired Colonel Mike Ford, the managing editor of American Free News Network. And he sent me an article that he wants to discuss about, uh, well, child trafficking. So, fun stuff. But first, I need to give you some updates about what's going on with me and my website, liberty-lighthouse.com. Some new offerings, some new things I'm doing to try to help protect our liberties. See, if you if you know me, if you listen to the show for any length of time, you know, it was, it was like four or five years ago was the first time I really got politically active. And I saw the world going crazy around me, and I decided that I had to do something. So I wrote a book because, you know, anybody can write a book nowadays. I wrote Progress, really, One Man's View of Social Progress in America. And then shortly after that book, I started blogging and then podcasting. And uh, then I wrote a second book. So simple, even a politician could understand. Well, let's see. What all has happened in the last couple of weeks? Well, for one, I've started to write articles again i've been trying to put up one every week so that would be at the blog page of liberty-lighthouse.com and it hit blog and i I, i'm trying to put up one a week not going to promise i'm going to be able to do that forever because they take a lot of time and uh my beautiful wife well she gets she gets a little testy if I don't spend enough time with her. And if I'm spending too much time doing this kind of stuff, then, uh, yeah. So I started on uh, July 2nd. I put up the unconstitutional impact of the Federal Reserve, detrimental effects on taxpayers and citizens. That was that was uh, the first of my weeklies. Then, just because it was the 4th of July, uh, two days later, I put up reclaiming constitutional governance streamlining the federal government to its authorized agencies. And then yesterday, or I'm sorry, last week, Friday, uh, the unconstitutional impact of the Department of Education, detrimental effects on students. So those are the the most three recent articles that I have put up on 
my website, liberty-lighthouse.com. There's one that will be posted tomorrow. So that's one thing that I'm doing. The second thing is, in my lack of free time, I have managed to, uh, well, to write another book. It's not quite done yet. I still got to reread it and proofread it and all of that, that kind of stuff. Um, but I could use somebody's help. Somebody out there listening. You know, there's a couple of thousand of you that listen to me every week, and I appreciate that. I, I think it's awesome that I can sit behind this microphone in my own little home studio in my library and uh, go out to the world, and a couple of thousand of you listen to me. I don't know why. I'm nothing special. I'm just a an average guy with a little bit of common sense. And uh, apparently, I don't know, the knack of talking. So I've, I've written this new book. And I should say I'm writing this new book. It's not ready yet. I, I, I want somebody to help me with the design this time around. See, the last two books, I did everything myself. I designed my cover. I did all my typesetting and, and proofreading and, and you know, I used like Grammarly on the computer to help me catch my own grammatical errors and stuff like that. But I, I'd like to actually have somebody with a little bit of a design experience help me with the cover this time. I've got some ideas. I'm just not sure how to put it together and make it eye-catching. So if you are out there, you're listening, you're within the sound of my voice, you've got an idea, a, a graphics background, and you can help me with my graphics design problems and ideas. I would greatly appreciate it if uh, you'd help me with uh, with designing the cover of my book. Or the book, I've decided to compare and or contrast the current state of our tyrannical government to the state of the tyrannical government Oh, right about 1775, King George III. So it's called a more tyrannical king. That's that's what I uh, what I've got the title to so far is a more tyrannical king. And what I've tried to do is go through and give a current state of affairs in each chapter, and then wrap it all up with a comparative between current state of affairs with. King George's government in each chapter. That's the idea. But anyway, if you got a graphics background, love to hear from you. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click the chat button, or uh, you know, call into the show here. Whatever. Love to hear from you. Help me design a book cover. And then, because you know, that's not enough yet. So I started. I do this show every week, and now I'm starting to write an article at least once a week. And oh, by the way, in my copious amounts of free time that I don't really have. I have a, a book like 90% done. I I can't say I found because I knew they existed. I rediscovered would probably be the right way to do it. I rediscovered the Institute on the Constitution. It was about three years ago I took their basic constitutional studies course which is like a 12-lesson course that's, I don't know, 12 lessons, an hour and a half a piece or something like that. Awesome course. But I never did anything else with the organization. I remember looking around 
at some of the stuff that you could buy from them and thinking, hey, this is a cool place. But then somehow I forgot about the Institute on the Constitution. They slipped my mind. And somehow, again, they have, uh, they've been brought back to my attention. So I recently ordered some host instructor materials. And uh, what I'm holding in my hand right now is the instructor manual for the, ba the basic constitution course. The 12 lessons at an hour and a half apiece constitution course. Now, they have several other courses. I think they, you know, five, something like that. Here, let me look. Um, I want to start teaching these courses, which I'm allowed to do. They have the U.S. Constitution. They have Truth of America's Founding, Your Heritage and Mine. They have a Sheriff and Citizens course, and then they have the Duty of the Jury course. So they have four courses that I would be allowed to teach. I'm not sure how I want to do that. I thought that maybe I might make them into instructional training videos and uh, post them on my website and maybe put them behind a, some kind of a paywall. I'm not sure how. Maybe if you if you become a subscriber, you you know you you give ten dollars a month, you can get to all the courses for free as often as you want. Or maybe I'll just sell the courses each, you know, like the Constitution course for twenty bucks. You can go through this big long course. I don't know. It's really an awesome course. The Institute on the Constitution. Their their basic, the U.S. Constitution, and the principle approach is what it's called. It uh, it's actually college credit in a lot of colleges. Like if you go through this course and get a certificate at the end. It's actually worth college credit. That's pretty awesome. But I don't know how I want to do it. So if you have ideas about that, what do you think the best way to do it would be? I'd appreciate to hear that. Hear you hear your thoughts on that too. I'd love to be able to just do it for free. But you know this 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 is an expensive hobby I have, and I'd like to at least get to a break-even point where I'm not spending all of my own money just to sit here and talk to all of you lovely people for two hours a week. So if you have any ideas, this is a live call-in show. So feel free to call 512-248-8252 or toll-free at 800-313-9443. If you could help with the graphics design or if you have ideas of how I might be able to do my Institute on the Constitution training courses, out there with you all. How would you like to see it? How would you like to absorb it? Would you be interested in constitutional courses? About the institution of the Constitution, or the Institute on the Constitution, I have to say, um, I've never, never been a very religious fellow. I'm, I'm not a religious, I mean, I believe in God. And that's about as far as I go. But the more I study the Constitution and the history of this country, the more interested in religion I'm becoming. 
I find that interesting. I I think it's I don't know. I love our country. I love our founding documents. I want to teach as many people as I can everything I can about the founding documents, the founding the founding of our country and the institute of the on the constitution does a great job of that. And they let me have training materials. They let me teach classes. And believe it or not, I actually like to teach. I was a training and development coordinator, I think was my official title, at uh, Disney World. I was responsible for coming up with the training and designing the training plans for all of the food service locations at Walt Disney World in Florida. It's like 160 food locations at the time. I have no idea how many it is now, but it was about 160 then. And I really liked teaching. I liked that moment when you could tell that the person you were training just got it. When, when that, that little twinkle in their eye, that little aha moment, when they understood and they, you could see that in their eyes. I love that feeling. That's pretty awesome. Sarah in Oregon on line one, welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi. Um, hi. <laughs> For the listeners out there, if you're going to plan on seeing Sound of Freedom, discern. 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 Yes, they've named any names. And if you already seen it, tell, tell if you named, if you've heard any names named. So, that's my And also, please share out the show. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. Well, the sound of freedom is one of the things that I believe uh, uh, Colonel Ford wants to talk about. He wanted to talk about that movie and the the article that he has up on American Free News Network on child trafficking. But one of the things I want to talk about right now, actually, no, I can't say it that way. Something that I need to talk about is more appropriate. That's the wellness company. We all need doctors sooner or later. We all need pharmacies and pharmacists at some point in our lives. And if you want doctors and pharmacies and pharmacists that aren't part of the woke mob, the kind of doctor that stands up for your medical freedom and lets you make your health care decisions, that's where you, that, that's, I think that's the best way to describe the wellness company. The wellness company is that is just that. It's the doctors who stood up for your freedoms during the COVID nonsense and got canceled for it. Well, now they've come together and they've created the wellness company. Amazing, uh, uh, great quality, American-made supplements, pharmacists, doctors, pharmacologists, pharmacies, all there to help you at the wellness company, TWC. Health. Use code Lighthouse while you're there. We'll save you a little bit of money. TWC.health. Use code Lighthouse. Thanks. So, <clears throat> what I was saying was, I'm going through these courses at the Institute of the Constitution. I think why I didn't grab on to their everything 
three years ago when I first went through the course was, well, it's it's a little more God and faith focused than I'm used to or am normally comfortable with. Like I said, I'm not a religious guy. So I went through the course and it was a good course. And it, it starts pretty heavily in the uh, well, the the faith behind the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And I think that's why I didn't grab on and run with the with the system then, three years ago. Time is, times have changed. Little dribs and drabs of things have hit me. One of the listeners here called into the show when I made the comment that I didn't think that the Constitution was really a Christian document, that I thought our founding fathers had done a pretty good job of keeping religion out of the Constitution. One of you out there called in here, called into 512-248-8252, and said, well, they signed it, Year of Our Lord, 1787, which only Christians say Year of Our Lord. And at that time, I thought, hey, that's one of the best arguments I'd ever heard, that the Constitution was a Christian document. But since then, since going through these courses at Institute on the Constitution, and since hearing from other listeners and doing my own studies and researches, I've learned a lot. Like, for example, the, uh, if you think of the sources of the, the text of the Constitution, you know, we know that the um, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness was was copied and robbed from John Locke when it was life, liberty, and property. But if you look at the sources, all the different places that all the different parts of the Constitution came from, the one source of the text, by and far more, the most common source, the thing that our founding fathers used as their source talk, text more often than anything else, was the Christian Bible. And it wasn't even close. I mean, it was like twice as many as the next closest source document. That was interesting to me. That was eye-opening. So like I said, the more I go into this, the more I think, hmm, it was a Christian document. And, uh, yeah, maybe that is the problem. We're not Christian anymore as a country. I'm not here to evangelize, spread the Gospels. It's not what I do. I'm, like I said, I'm not a religious guy, but even me, I can see that well, there's a lot of empty spots in the churches lately. Church attendance is, at, if it's not all-time low, it's pretty low. Pretty close to all-time low. And then there's certain churches you drive around and you see you got rainbow flags in front of the church. I don't get that one. I mean, of course, everybody should be welcome inside a church, and anybody. But flying a rainbow flag is more than just welcoming into the church. It's 
I think that's a symbol of support. And if you're really Christian and you believe the Bible, I don't think you can support the colors of the rainbow flag. That's just me. That's my common sense view. Maybe you've got a better idea. It's a 512-248-8252. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a religious guy. But like I've said, I seem to be becoming more religious, more faithful. Maybe that's the better way to put it. Leaning more in that direction. We'll put it that way. The more I study our founding documents. And I don't know if that's supposed to work that way. I don't, but it's there. I mean, I love our country. I love the idea of how it was founded and what it stands for and all of those things. And as I study that, I get more involved in faith. What's the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? I mean, I go to church with the wife every now and then, and I don't don't get much out of it. Went to church as a Catholic as a kid. Didn't get much out of it. But now, as a 50-year-old man, reading and studying the founding documents of the United States of America, I'm actually starting to get interested myself. What's all right, Mike in uh, in our control room? He says uh, they always say, "Love the sinner, hate the sin." But maybe it's more like support the sinner, but not the sinning. Yeah, that's going back to the why are there rainbow flags hanging in front of churches? Then you have people say, "Well, well, well, Christ hung out with with thieves and adulterers." Yeah, he hung out with them, but he didn't say, "Oh, yeah, come hang out with me," and then keep you know go back out and keep whoring or go stealing. He hung out with them, and they became better. Maybe that's the goal of these churches—the ones that let's say affirming the sinner lifestyle. Maybe that's their goal. Maybe if. They think if they can get them into the church, they can, I don't know, squeeze the sin out of them. <laughs> I don't know. It, I just find it odd. Um, I forget where it was. Anyway, so as, as the show goes on tonight, I want you to think of the two things that I'm asking you for. One, if there's anybody out there with design experience, I need to put a book cover designed. I've got some ideas. I'm not creative enough to put it together and make an eye-catching book cover that you can read and all that kind of stuff. So if you've got some design experience, either go to liberty-lighthouse.com and click the little chat button, send me a message there, uh, or call into the show here. And if, even if you don't want to be on air, I'm sure Mike would be kind enough to take your number down and I can call you later. And the other thing is, how do you think well, okay, I guess this one is a two-part. Would you be interested in me teaching the Institute on the Constitution courses through my website, liberty-lighthouse.com? And if so, how would you like me to structure the, the, 
the paying of it. Like, what are you willing, like, what's it worth to you to have this, this 12 lesson, what is that, like 18 hours worth of constitutional study? What's that worth to you? Is it worth 10 bucks a month? Go back to it, refer to it as often as you want? Or should it be just a flat thing? You know, hey, 20 bucks, here's 18 hours worth of course. And you never have to pay again. Or what? I don't know. I mean, if, you, if, if I teach this class in person, if you know, I take this big old binder and I buy you your student manuals and we all go to, I don't know, some hotel banquet room or something, and I teach this class for 12 consecutive Saturdays, I'm going to charge you a heck of a lot more than 20, 30, 50 bucks. I mean, you get me to give up 12 consecutive weeks? Mm-mm. I'm thinking a couple of hundred at least. Anyway, it's break time. We got Scott Thompson from Right to Bear Insurance coming back on the other side of the break in three minutes. I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report for Thursday. July 13th, 2023. No phone calls are being taken at this time. Big John. Hey, welcome back. Um, I'm Peter. Please remember that free speech is not free. Support this free speech platform, no matter which one you're listening to me from. Whether it's Mojo Five O Radio. Patriot Nation Radio Network, or Republic Broadcasting Network, they are all operations that run almost entirely on donations. So go to their websites, click the donate button, buy something from their shops, etc., etc., etc. Use their promo codes. That's a that's really a big one, is to use promo codes. And uh, by the way, my promo code is the word Lighthouse pretty much everywhere. So no matter where you're shopping online, just type in Lighthouse as a promo code. And uh, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And like I promised, we uh, I've got Scott Thompson coming with us. Let's see here. Uh, push this button there. And now, welcome to the studio, FFL holder, firearms instructor, and representative for Right to Bear Arms Insurance and all-around badass, Scott Thompson. What's up, Scott? Not too much. How's it going? Is he tired? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, maybe, you know, maybe I'm missing something, but I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, uh, 2A news in the last month. Have I, did I just miss it? No, there hasn't been a whole lot. It's been quiet. I think everyone's kind of focusing on on the ATF right now. Um, and I, uh, I didn't get to look into it, but I, I heard there was a ruling. Um, a judge had thrown out a partial rule that that the atf had done um i haven't been able to look at it yet so i can't speak affirmatively on it but i guess gun owners of america had a lawsuit that they recently um succeeded in uh which 
the people that I was talking to believe will will fall right into line with the the pistol brace ruling. Um, that you know, if if Congress wanted to ban pistol braces, Congress would have the authority and purview to to make a law banning them. And falling short of that, the uh, ATF can't just make a rule and say that it is so. So um, hopefully by the next time we talk, I'll have more information um, and maybe we can make that the topic of our story next time. You know what's really funny about that, what you just said, was, well, there's a lot of things funny about it. One is, shall not be infringed is pretty freaking clear. So the idea that they can pass a law is F you. Um, Right. But going back to the Obama administration and the bump stock issue, like the the ATF under Obama said that we don't have the authority to regulate a bump stock. It is a plastic inanimate accessory. It does not fire bullets. Therefore, we can't regulate it. And then a few years later under Trump, they were like, oh, we were just kidding. And, and yeah. we'll, we'll do it now. Yeah. And, and we've seen that a lot, though, haven't we? Where there's okay. a reversal of, of what their belief of what their role is. Not just with the ATF, but a lot of government agencies, yeah. um, and you know they 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 have short memory spans of just like not to get off on a political rant, but um, when I believe it was Nancy Pelosi who said that Biden can't cancel student debt; only Congress can do that, and we need to do it. And then he did it anyway, and then the Supreme Court justice used her statement against her. Saying she even said that he can't do it. Well, he um, said it. Yeah, yeah, and and well, yes, he said it also later, saying, "Well, I can't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway." No, um, no, the, the I can't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. That was uh, that, oh, what was that? That was that was the eviction moratorium. Oh, um, that's right. You're right. You're right. But but he even said like on the campaign trail, "Well, I I can't really just you know move a pen yeah. around and make it disappear." Yep, but that's what he did anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Isn't that great? And real uh, quick, can I touch on something you talked about before the break? Sure. Real quick. I know you're not religious. I listened to that part. But real quick, um, I had to look it up. I'll be honest. I'm not re- great at memorizing everything. But when Jesus was asked about, you know, like you said, he's hanging out with the sinners. He said, it is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so so that's the part that the left leaves out when they say he's with them. Well, yes, he was a doctor for their soul. And he's going to go to where the the people need healing. He's not going to go to the people that he knows are coming to heaven. He's going to go to the people that need help. So uh, I'll get off that soapbox. But I want to bring that up because I think, you know, his words were kind of important. Yeah. Right? Well, even if you don't believe, like, what is it that the Muslims and the Buddhists and all that they don't think that Jesus was the Messiah? They all say he was a, he was a wise man and a, a great prophet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got Joel in Wisconsin on line one. Welcome to the show, Joel. Howdy. Howdy. Uh, uh, you asked a couple questions about you doing the constitutional course. Number one, your one of your questions was, "Do do the listeners think you should?" and Number two was how you should do it. I'm not real well uh, good at telling you how to do it, but I absolutely 100% think you should do it. You should give it a shot. 
and you gave two options there, and I, I'm thinking, why don't you try one of each? You know, try one one way, and try the other one the other way, and see which way you get the most results. You know, if, results. if I was if I was technologically savvy enough, and had a website designer of my own, and all of that kind of stuff, I I would put the course up there. I'd say, you know, the course is 150 bucks, or if you're a, a you know a subscriber to you know a supporter of the show for ten dollars a month you can do it whenever you want and and that way you have the choice you know I, mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know that I have uh, have have the ability to do multiple ways on my own website oh. without a web designer oh. and all that kind of stuff well maybe somebody will volunteer to that is savvy enough because I mean the the cause is sure as heck worthy enough to and I think you might just gain uh, help along the way because uh, of the importance of it. Well, you can look up that... a, lot, a lot of what they do. Like, anybody can do this. Like, you, you go through the yeah. course, you do the yeah. course, you get your certificate that you went through the course, and then, and then you, yep. you're allowed to teach it. And then yep. you're allowed to also, like, contact the, the organization, and they will, like, certify you as a teacher after they watched you. And, and I, my goal is to do that. I want to get certified as an instructor and, and you know, just a, a little pin on my sh- jacket or whatever. But um, it, it's a, you know, I, I, I think I spent a hundred bucks or something like that on course materials, this instructor's manual, some, you know, flash drive with a bunch of videos and stuff on it. It's really not a whole lot of teaching. They do most of the teaching for you. There's a lot of like already made videos. So you go in, you ask some questions, you set stuff up, you play a video, you, you wrap, and then afterwards you talk about it for a minute and you, know, you play another video. It's, it's going to be yeah. a lot of work for me, and it's a great yeah. course. If you don't want my commentary on it, if you just want to watch the videos and you don't want to have the talking in between the videos, you can do that yourself at their website. Yeah. And what it, it, what it does is... is is it generates interest in it. So then somebody that uh, takes that or, or starts talking to someone else with a like mind, and then, they, then they're going to get enthused, and then they're going to talk to other people, and then they're going to talk to other people. And uh, I'm just, if anything, I just want to encourage you to, that, to do it. I because greatly. I think it's, it's really important. And, it, and then it goes for your guest here, too, because the Second Amendment is part of that. And there's so many people that... If they only understood the Second Amendment, or this is very important, why we even have a Bill of Rights in the first place? Mm-hmm. I ask lots of people. I ask them that question: Why do we have a Bill of Rights? They have no idea. And then they'll come up with the uh, uh, the Second Amendment is for hunt, uh, sport rifles and hunting and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. these people, they're educated people, that I, and I'm trying to talk to. And I, I've been wasting my time for years. Well, the, I don't get the really bad thing about it is, like, let, oh, you said they're educated people. Well, let's go to yeah, the educated well, people. Let's go to, let's say, law school. You can go through all of college without taking a single course in American history. And then you can go to law school, become an attorney, and then eventually a judge... And never have been taking a single course on the United States Constitution. How does that make any freaking sense? 
It doesn't. Or you could, or you could be a politician too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love um, to get politicians taking my course. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Bill Clinton. Just a little quick story here. Bill, sure. I wasn't, I wasn't very religious either up until Bill Clinton got in office, and he was, he was one of the ones that really got my attention because he was blatantly going after the guns. And I, mm-hmm. So that got me curious, thinking, how can the President of the United States, who's supposed to uphold the Constitution, go after the, go after the guns, which is part of the Bill of Rights? So I looked into it, and what I discovered is that it's another important question you can ask people. Where do rights come from? Mm-hmm. That's, and when they, they can't answer that either. So, so uh, actually, because of him, then I learned that the rights come from God, and no man can take that away. If God gives you some, so I actually got a lot, uh, well, I wasn't religious at all prior to that, but I'm way more religious now than, if you call it religion, spiritual or whatever. You know, I, I'm not crazy about organized religions, but uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm much more of a believer now, because for that, for that reason alone, actually, because where do rights come from? They come from God, and therefore no man has the right to take it away. And if you have that implanted in your brain, it gives you a different attitude towards life or dealing with other people. Because then that, whoever's trying to take your rights away, that becomes the enemy. And you, it's your job to stand up to them. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of what this course that I'm, I'm going to, to, put, to put up is, is about. It's, it's about the fact that we, the people, are the ultimate source of power. And we have allowed our government to ignore the rights of of man and the rights of nature and nature's God and, and, and the laws of our constitution. We all know that a vast majority of our federal government is unconstitutional, but it's still there. Yep. Yep. (laughs) We're all agreeing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I just, if nothing else, I would like to encourage you because I think it's well worth it. And, um, uh, it might generate, hopefully it generates interest and enthusiasm. And, and that's one way we could start oh. taking it back. Because the, the politicians ain't going to do it. Politics ain't going to bring it, this country back to the people. It's got to be mm-hmm. in the heads of the people. That's right. Absolutely. Hey, thank you very much for your, for your words of encouragement. I greatly appreciate that. And uh, no problem. always appreciate your call. Okay, so long. Scott, you want to read that quote in the chat there? Yeah. The, uh, the quote is, Guard with jealous attention the public liberty. Suspect everyone who approaches that jewel. Unfortunately, nothing will preserve it but downright force. Whenever you give up that force, you are inevitably ruined. And that was Patrick Henry, June 5th, 1788. Something I didn't know until... I don't know, not, not terribly long ago in my, in my studies, Patrick Henry. I mean, we all know the "Give me liberty or give me death." Yep, Patrick Henry probably more than any other founding father was responsible for the fact that we have a Bill of Rights. Patrick Henry convinced the entire Virginia delegation: "Nope, we ain't signing this thing until we until we've got a Declaration of Rights." Yep, and you know it's funny we call it the Bill of Rights. It's called the Bill of Rights, but 
by some people and, and a lot of politicians, it's really treated as a bill of outdated suggestions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and you know, I think I think when we when we focus on again, like like Joel said, these are rights that are guaranteed to us not by man. You know, there were, there was no one man, there was no seven men, there was no twenty men. These are rights that are inalienable, and they were given to us. They were granted to us, and we have those rights. They're not just mere suggestions and they're certainly not outdated. Hey, my favorite question to ask, I want to be politician looking for my vote. What is the purpose of government? There's only <laughs> one acceptable answer. Yeah. To serve the people. It, it's one acceptable answer taken directly from the declaration of independence to preserve these rights. Governments are instituted among men. Government exists solely for the purpose of protecting my rights, not yep. making sure I get paid in retirement, not making sure I've got food on my plate, not making sure I have a job yep. or health care or anything yep. else. Government exists to protect my rights and nothing else. Yes. Gregory in California. Line three. Welcome to the show, Gregory. Hello, Peter. Hello, hello, everybody in RBN land. Uh, yeah. I've got a question for y'all, or maybe a couple of questions. Uh, <laughs> what what uh, law were we under when we finally succeeded from that King George, that piece of scoundrelling reptilian critter? <laughs> hmm? What law were? Well, I mean, once we filed the Declaration of Independence. From there until we created the Articles of the Confederation, it was basically anarchy. If you, there was no organized government, we were kind well, of. The Articles of Confederation was the laws that, and uh, very small laws. It, it wasn't as big as the Constitution. And my other question is: we find ourselves in this really stinky predicament now, and we've had two hundred years of this constitution and it's been getting stinkier and stinkier and stinkier and all we're doing is just adding more man-made color of laws to it thinking that that's going to fix it it's not we i want to go back to the anarchist party uh, do you teach a course in anarchy in true anarchy <laughs> not that bony baloney anarchy i'm talking about the real mccoy anarchy where there are no rules or rulers only the rule, and the rule is the rule of the creator, the rule of nature, that, that type of rule, where my freedom ends where yours begin, mm -hmm. and uh, nothing that's to impede on that. Yeah. And that's, that's what the so-called government is supposed to do, is protect our rights, not steal them like they've been doing for the last 200 and some odd bloody years. Mm, excuse me. <laughs> He's passionate. Well, I, I think a big part of the problem is, uh, I think our, our government after the Constitution was well, pretty close to perfect, as far as, as, you know, as perfect as a government can be. And we, the people, went, hey, well, this is pretty sweet. And we didn't pay any attention. And government does what government does. It grows and robs and cheats and steals and, and, and bloats. And becomes bigger and more powerful and sucks up everything in its past. Say, uh, but we're the ones to blame for that. We have no, a document. 
I mean, no, us. Us. I was born right into now. it. I was born into this servitude. Right. You I was born to Michael Gaddy, Annie. I was born into it too, but you got to stand up and do something. That's what we're doing, right? That's the hope. Have you heard of Michael Gaddy? No. I mean, heard of him. I program, I I think Sundays and some other days. But this guy, he really knows his his, his story and a lot of other people's history. And he's done up, and he gets it right from the archives from the uh, old whatever archives, those real big library of Congress is. But, the National uh, Yeah, extremely articulate, highly intelligent on these matters. I, I highly recommend you putting him on for for a little bit because, uh, hey, well, like uh, Roger Sales, those guys know they're poopy, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for your call, Gregory. Thank you. Oh, keep me on, Michael, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> time to tell you about the name of your company. Right to Bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just slipped my mind. Right to Bear. If you, like, if you own firearms, you need to, to uh, pr- you know, legal protection and civil protection. If you own firearms, God forbid you have to use it because you're probably going to go to jail and then going to get sued and all kinds of ugly stuff. That's where Right to Bear comes in. Right to Bear Insurance, the most affordable carry insurance on the market, according to Pew Pew Tactical. And uh, use code Lighthouse at protectwithbear.com. That's code Lighthouse at protectwithbear.com. And I will save you 10% off that already cheap price, starting at $11 a month. Um, Scott. I yes. see Colonel Ford is here already. Should we bring him in and have, have us a, a three-way conversation? Sure. Yeah, you can bring him in. Colonel Mike Ford. Attend, huh? Welcome back in studio. Retired Colonel Mike Ford, <laughs> managing editor of American Free News Network. Welcome to the show, Colonel Ford. I'm awake. I'm awake, <laughs> drill sergeant. <laughs> All right. We get, we've kind of bounced around a little bit so far. We haven't talked a whole lot about the Second Amendment stuff, which no. is what we normally talk about with Scott here. But I, I have to say, these courses that I'm thinking about teaching, they, they talk a lot about it. And a lot of it is, we the people, we've got to do something, right? We have allowed lawyers and judges to basically ignore our Constitution. We all know the Constitution was written for whom? We the, the people. people. We the people. The three most important words in the entire document. Big letters right at the top, right? We the people. It was written for us. You know what? Else? It was written in language that we could understand. Over half of the men who signed the thing were lawyers. But they chose not to off- obfuscate it with legalese. It's written in plain language so that anybody could understand it. But yet we have allowed case law and the opinions of judges to erase the barriers within the Constitution. And we've done nothing about it. For example, shall not be infringed. Well, 
pull up Webster's 1828 dictionary and look up the word infringed. Yeah. Yeah. Every gun control law on the books, federal and state and local, every stinking one of them is an infringement. Let me toss something in here on this, if you don't mind. When I explain the Second Amendment to folks, Scott may push back on this a little bit. Um, when I explain it, I, I, I draw them their attention to the difference between the wording of the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. If you look at the First Amendment, it says, Congress shall make no law. So they are describing exactly what en entity may not do something. Okay. Now, if you read the Second Amendment, it's written in the passive voice because it's, it's, it's more, more encompassing. It says, shall not be infringed. And it doesn't give any modifiers to that. It doesn't say, shall not be infringed by Congress. It doesn't say, shall not be infringed if government has a compelling interest. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, you know, if, if you don't need it to hunt grizzly bears and you don't need a weapon. No, it just says, shall not be infringed. <laughs> Period. Full stop. Yep. Uh, agreed. And I agree. And that's where, where you know, the, the judges got involved. And the judges were like, well, compelling interest. If we do this, you know, fewer people will die. And that's a pretty compelling interest. So we're going to say that if the government can show compelling interest and they do it in the tiniest little possible way that they can think of, that will let them do that. It's not what the Constitution says. Exactly. There and it has, it has far-reaching effects, too. Because right. what, ha what happens... My Oh, go ahead. My Sorry. point, my problem, my issue with this is we let them do it. For 250 years, we have allowed them to do it. Yeah. Can I say something real quick? So you talked earlier about how it was perfect when it was written. And as how as perfect you know, as a as, human document can be. And in those first 10, 20, 30 years... It was enforced as it was intended because the people who wrote it were still alive. They could talk to them and go, what was your intent? And what's happened over 250 years is now we're getting people go, what they really meant was. No, no, no. We know what they really meant. We have their well, letters. We have their debates in the ratification at the ratification committees and stuff like that. We have just chosen to ignore, to ignore. it. Right. And to make that compelling argument that what they really meant was. Only weapons that were available at that time, muskets and flintlocks. And nope. only, you know, you couldn't have a cannon, which is the craziest thing. Yes. Every, I mean, people had cannons. I mean, they brought their own cannons to war, which is the whole purpose of having a, a well. When was the last privateer licensed by the United States government? Sometime after the Civil War. Okay. So up until, what, up until after the Civil years. War, the most powerful weapon of mass destruction the armed merchant raider was held exclusively in private hands. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Imagine but you that. could go to cannon, according to yeah. Joe Biden. Right, right. Well, and and I'm going to really touch a touch a flame to the barrel on this one. When I hear this a lot, because even President Biden has said it, when he says, "You know, you don't, you're going to need more than just an AR-15 to take on the federal government." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what people don't understand is, first off, when that order is given for the for the military to fight their brothers and sisters on our soil, a majority of them, and, and Colonel, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, 
a majority of them are not going to take that order. There are going to be people that walk away from that. Plus, you also militarily, you can't take our entire our entire army and put it on our mainland. We still have to defend against other threats external. So you know what what I say anytime I hear Joe Biden say, "Well, you know, you you need more than AR. We've got F-15s and and, and nukes." You, my comment is always, "Really? How'd that work out in Vietnam, Korea, Afghanistan?" Right. None of them had F-15s or nukes. And in Afghanistan, a Taliban platoon, which is about 40 guys with light weapons and explosives, took out an entire U.S. Marine Corps Harrier squadron and killed its commander on the, on the most heavily armed base in the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and, that's, that, and that's, again, that comes down to when, when you believe in what you're fighting for and, and you have that, you know, for the, for the Afghans, you know, what they, you know, obviously killing Marines is bad, but in their mind... They're protecting their land. They're fighting for something. And when you have all of the gun owners in America, if it came to it where the president's going to attack us, we're fighting for what we believe in. It's, it doesn't end well for the uh, American military. It doesn't end well for America at all. No, no, no. Because no, yeah, what are you going to do? Which, which city are you going to nuke? There are you know, peaceful to- ways. <laughs> we have just been ignoring. And I always say we got fat and lazy. The American hey. people got complacent. Our, think about look around for Christ's sakes. We got people with butt hurt feelings whining about needing their safe space because you used the wrong pronoun. Because mm-hmm. even though you've got a big long gray beard, you want to be called ma'am. Right. You know, if you had a little hunger in your belly, you wouldn't give a crap about stuff like that. Yep. If if you had to actually work for a living, I mean really work just to eat none of that stuff would bother you we have gotten so complacent what's the average person go out and like buy a new car every three years or four years or something that's freaking ridiculous that is a tremendous waste of money yep but that's what we do because we can that's how complacent we have become we have no real issues anymore we have to create issues Yep. You heard Apparently, we're already into a commercial break, if, if I'm, if I'm <laughs> hearing that right. Mike, I think you need to turn that up, because I didn't hear you at all. A garlic hey, and cayenne mix. be back as soon as the break's over. Peace! Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols, the late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to ZStackLife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at ZStackLife.com. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report for Thursday. July 13, 2023. The no phone calls are being taken at this time. It's become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on Come join hand in hand, brave Americans all, and rouse your bold hearts at Pelly. 
Gilbert's call. No tyrannous act shall suppress your just claim or stain with dishonor America's name. In freedom, okay, so I don't recognize that song or where it comes from, and I immediately thought it was like from Les Miserables or something like that until it said America's name. I'm, I'm lost. Anyway, welcome back to the top of the second hour of the National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you're watching or seeing the show. You can. We do live stream to like, I don't know, seven or eight different platforms now. If you want to know where to find it and you can, you know, call the show. We'll tell we'll tell you, send you a link, something. We'll find out if you really want to see my ugly mug. We'll figure out how to do that. Uh, and you can call in because it is a live call-in show. 512-248-8252. Toll free at 800-313-9443. And uh, right now, tonight, we've got Colonel Mike Ford, Managing Editor of American Free News Network. And because it's a new segment, I feel like I have to do this again. Ted <laughs> Hutton. Welcome back in studio, retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. Welcome to the show, Colonel Ford. It's, it seems just like seconds that I've seen you before. I know, I know. For those that might be just joining the program now, uh, the Colonel showed up like 10 minutes early in, into the video chat, and we're like, eh, let's just bring him in. So we've already been talking. But you sent me an email or a text message. I forget. I don't know. You messaged me in some electronic fashion with an article that you wanted to discuss. And uh, it, it also kind of related to that new movie, the, the Sound of Freedom. I haven't seen it yet. You need to. I, I, I want to. I don't think the wife wants to. I'm, she really only likes funny movies. Yeah, this is. Uh, I will tell you, Her Majesty wanted to walk out of the theater because it was, it was, it was, it was pretty tough, and it, and there was nothing graphic about it, but it was so well written that you knew what was going on, even though the curtains got closed in a scene and kind of faded out. You knew what was going to happen. I mean, I consider myself a pretty tough dude, and there was a couple times during the movie I had a, had a little difficulty holding it together. And and for those of you all that don't know what this is about, Sound of Freedom is about child trafficking for the purpose of um, sexual abuse in Central America and a pipeline of that where they're selling, selling children into servitude to... Uh, I, I don't want to get any more graphic than that. People can figure that out. But uh, it, was, it was based on a true story. No, it wasn't true to the, the actual facts, but it was based on a true story. And the theme and most of the, what was going on there was or had happened in some shape, form, or fashion. Okay. And for those of you that may not know, because, I don't know, you don't pay attention to the news media or anything like that, which, good for you. Good for you. If you don't know, the movie Sound of Freedom is in, it's only in like 1,200 movie theaters or something like that, which is a third of what one of these big blockbuster movies would go to. And it is whooping Indiana Jones, the new Indiana Jones. It is it is the number one movie beyond Indiana Jones, even though it's in far, far fewer movie theaters. 
And the, the left, the, the movie is doing so well that the left is going crazy. They're bad-mouthing it, talking about, uh, talking about connections with QAnon and bad-mouthing the, uh, the star of the film, Jim Caviezel, who was in Passion of the Christ. A uh, good friend of mine, Strife over at Red State, he called the reaction of the left to this movie, let me make, I got to get the words right here, like a vampire presented with a cross or being doused in holy water. That's how the left is acting. It, it's really weird because I didn't think that child trafficking was a left-right issue. I mean, I... It's I, not. I it's pretty universal. Child connection to Biden. Child tra- trafficking's bad, right? Like, that's... That's it pretty is. Useful. It is unless you can draw a direct connection to the left, whether uh-huh. that's the Bill Gates types or the or the Epstein types or the Bill Clinton's types or Joe Biden for, at the very least, make, making the, uh, the, the the nuisance, the attractive nuisance at the border. That in, in the movie depicted uh, some of these kids being putting it put in a shipping container and moved somewhere. Uh now they don't have to do that. With the open conditions at the border, a couple of adults can cross the border with five or six kids with them, and as soon as they're into U.S. territory, present themselves to the nearest Border Patrol agent and ask for asylum. Right. And now the kids, there's something like upwards of 85,000 kids that they have no idea where they are mm-hmm. that have got into this country. Now, how many of those you know, are at risk at this point for this? Right. Oh, but the last guy, he put kids in cages. That was way worse. Like... You know, 85,000 missing children, ah, that's nothing. These ones that are a little uncomfortable for a few weeks, that, that's, that's evil. Well, speaking of evil, there's, there's an old adage out there, and I'm, I'm working on a piece that will put some, of this, some more of this in, in perspective. There's the old adage out there that says, don't assume malice when stupidity will fill the bill. <laughs> and the problem is, is I've, I, I tried to live my life by that. You know, some people just don't know or whatever. But I, I think the Democrat Party has blown right through stupidity and gone and, and gone right to evil. Because knowing, you know, you know, little small evil, what I call misdemeanor evil or misdemeanor venality is when the Democrat Party says, OK, we're going to open the borders up because we want to get more more Democrat voters to get on the welfare rolls. Okay, that's kind of like a minor evil. But when you open the borders up and you know that there are people taking, and sometimes I get a little emotional about this, taking young children across the border that's now unmanned for the purpose of selling them into sexual servitude, and we're talking like 10-year-olds here, okay, then, then, then you're, on, you're on the evil. This is not... You know, well, I, I couldn't know this type of thing would happen. No, they know it's happening, and they're, they're doing these policies anyway. Mm-hmm. The president of these United States, or at least his national security staff and his, and his law enforcement staff, know this stuff is happening, yet the, the border is still open. Well, the, the left, the lefties, the, the progressives, the collectivists, I guess is the right. I've got a diagram I'm going to have to show one of these days. I, I've developed a new idea of the left-right paradigm. And uh, Brent Hemacek, who comes on the first week of every month, he has this a way of talking about like team left and team right. And it, it, it views it as more of a circle because, you know, you go too far right and you swing around and you go to the left. and you know it, That doesn't make any sense. 
I, I've got this new paradigm that I think is brilliant, and I can't take credit for it because I saw it someplace else, and I thought, that's it right there. That's the one. Uh, the left-right. It is the percent of government control. On the right, it's zero. On the left, it's total, complete, 100% control. And there, and there's your paradigm. So right side, zero government control, basically anarchy. We live under nature's law. On the left, 100% government control, socialist, communist, dictatorship kind of thing. Correct. That, that's how I see the left-right thing now. Anyway, I think it was Rolling Stone magazine that called the movie like QAnon adjacent or something like that. The Nobody is claiming that child trafficking doesn't happen. Everybody knows child trafficking is evil. Why is this movie in particular making heads explode? But before you answer, we got Sally in Alaska on line one. And I believe Sally might be the first person to ever call into my show from Alaska. I have been up here <clears throat> uh, for 50 years. I came up to sing with a college friend and never left. I'm an 11th generation Jersey girl who who has very deep roots, and I still mourn and feel homesick for New Jersey. How's that for a dilemma? Anyway, I had family dying in just my Dodd family. Before this place, for our freedoms and theirs, before this place even had a name other than the colonies. And so I'm, I'm one that's sitting quietly and I'm waiting until I see the whites of their eyes. I'm going to be 76 in two weeks. <laughs> I was born on the very same day that the CIA was signed into law. <laughs> <by Eric Truman. laughs> well, that's, that's a great way to remember your birthday. Let me tell you. Alexander Hamilton married into my family, and I've been just disgusted with that fact ever since I realized he opened us up to the Federal Reserve. Right. You know, and I agree, we need to go back to a national bank. I mean, these guys make money they don't even have to pay for. They make money on the interest when they sell it to us, mm -hmm. you know, and, and why are we allowing that? They, they are, You know, I was juvenile thinking, oh, well, they're part of the government. They're part of the, you know... No, they aren't. They're an independent bank. Right. And we need to get back to a bank where our government, which will be a decent one, hopefully, if we survive this, uh, under their control and our control, and go back to the gold and silver standard. Oh, I would love that. That would take decades. Sure. Well, it's happening to BRICS. Everybody else is coming from out of the woodwork to join. You know, let's surprise them. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think it's inevitable. Okay, it now, what I want to talk about is uh, don't use the 1-800 number. John Statmiller advised against it because it costs RBN money. And only those who need to do it who are, you know, basically have a reason to. Uh, right. Anyway, and here's, the, here's the, the deal. And they're not saying anything about it. But if you dial, they've hooked up, RBN has hooked up with a, a phone company in New York City, and I'll give you the number. And what they do, <clears throat> you dial this number, and then you hit, when, as soon as it starts ringing, you hit your keypad, and it will tell you that you could get out anytime you want by hitting star. And just if you want to get in on the show that's currently being done, 
hit one, and then they go number two is old John Statmiller, which I can't bring myself to listen to because I love the guy. <laughs> I can't. So I, I listen to uh, Jeff Bennett, and he sounds an awful lot like John Statmiller. If <laughs> you just shut your eyes. Anyway, uh, and then you, you just hit them, and, and it goes all the way through three, four, five, all the way up to nine, and I didn't even recognize some of the names. So I've just caught on to you recently, and uh, I just invite anybody to come on up to the state where you don't need a license to, to conceal carry. You don't need a <laughs> permit at all. And you know- Alaska is one of the places I would honestly consider moving when I retire because I, I just, I'm kind of fed up with people. I, I want to move in the country. My wife and I talk about it all the time. We want to live someplace where I can shoot off my back porch or pee off my back porch or whatever, and nobody there's nobody close enough to care. Well, um, God, who is it? Not Ralph. Ralph Winterood used to live, when he was alive, lived up in uh, Wasilla. And he t- I videotaped him years ago when he was talking about the uh, our freedoms and he came down to Homer from Wasilla and um, he had pictures of the old constitution that he had and it's still available um, in libraries the missing 13th amendment which is the, the nobility law which says lawyers and royalty cannot serve in our government <laughs> and yeah. because they simply expunged it it's still sitting back there in the books and can be brought back again when we get around to getting amendments. <laughs> I like I like the idea of the lawyers in government, but um. <laughs> anyway, here's the information for this number. It's it's uh, just a, you make a to- telephone call from five one eight or two five one eight nine three one one zero zero nine. Then when it starts to ring, because it screws up my phone if, it, if you hit it before it starts to ring, and then you hit the keypad, and they'll tell you to, you can get out, hit one if you want to listen to the one that's presently on, and then they run through the whole, <laughs> who comes on next. Anyway, that's what I wanted to call you for, and you just nailed me on so many things, and I'm going to be listening more. And I'm I, I appreciate pretty, it. Prettiest spot. Go, go, guy. Not Avery. The, the guy with the southern drawl that was on. That's on early in the morning. Not early in the morning. Early for me. He's on uh, <laughs> before Mike Rivero. He's he came up to Alaska when he was a kid when his father was in the military, and he's as old as I am. And uh, we have some fun talks. And he's been to Homer fishing and. You know, back when he was a kid, <laughs> kind of, I can't remember his name. Anyway, getting old is so much fun. Anyway, I'll get back and I'll let you go on. And I love hey, your thanks, constitution class. Bye. Thank you. That's uh, that's two votes for Create the Constitution study course. Hey, uh, so what she was talking about is known as the listen line. It's listed on our website on, uh, as to, you know, our republicbroadcasting.org website as one of the ways that you can listen to the show. It's 518-931-1009. And then uh, if you, want, you can actually listen to, like, old shows. But I don't know why you'd want to do that. But, you know, some people have their thing, I guess. Anyway, Andy in Texas on line three. Welcome to the show, Andy. 
Oh, hey, thanks, gentlemen, for taking my call. You know, one of the things I'm finding out, okay, because I've been traveling the world since April of 2013, not the world, the United States. I've been rolling around the country. I thought I could make a difference talking to people, blah, 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 whatever. Most of the listeners have heard my story before. But you know what's really sad is that it's getting really hard to make friends anymore. And as soon as you make friends, you think you made some friends, and then those friends aren't really friends anymore. And I think it has a lot to do with society. Uh, society is, they, we, we don't have any trust anymore. People don't care. They don't understand that, you know, you're real and, and, and that person's real. We're having a problem figuring out who's real and who's fake and, and whatnot. And so this is a, this is a really good time. If you've got, if you've got some sort of family together and you actually have a friend circuit and stuff, this is a time to re-embrace that friendship, reassure that friendship, make sure that friendship is there. Because when friendship goes away, you lose everything. You know, you don't have that support from the outside, from your, your outside world and stuff. When, when the friendship goes away, it's, it's all over with. It's done as far as that goes. And, and I think that's another, just another deterioration of the world that we're, we're not, we're not looking at it like that. We're, we're looking at it as, oh, easy come, easy go, or so to speak. And back in the day, that's good. But when, in today's world, we need that easy come, don't let it go kind of feeling. All right, it's easy come. I just met you. You're a nice person. I think I need I need to get to know you better. Look at listen to what you're saying, the things you're doing and stuff. I want to get close to you. I want I want to know what you know and da da da. We're not doing that anymore. And this no. No, the whole world is turned upside down, my friend. Absolutely. The whole world is turned upside down. I mean, people people are losing family members over political views, which is not that doesn't make any sense. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Well, no, it's just it's just funny. I mean, how relationships are started and then relationships are destroyed, and it's easier to destroy a relationship in today's world than it is, you know, say three, four years ago. You know, your friend might hang on for a while before you kicked him out of your life, but in today's world, one little wrong thing and you're done. You're out of it. You're gone. And yeah. We've, oh, I voted for the wrong person. Oh, get, get out of my life. Yeah. How dare you vote yeah. for that racist, misogynist, whatever. Or that socialist, yeah. communist, whatever. Like, yeah, no. It's absolutely that easy today, and and that's the problem with the world is that we don't we're not we're not nurturing what we have. Uh, we're we're just trying to get by with it, and you know I've been around. I, I'm about to leave again. I'm in Fredericksburg, Texas, right now. I'm about ready to leave again, head off to a different world. I might find myself in West Virginia. I don't know. Maybe back in Ohio. I don't know. But that's the beauty of my life. But what's really weird is everywhere I go, I make friends, and then they just kind of dissipate, and then that stuff's over with, and that's when you know your time's ran out, and you got to go somewhere else. And it's just weird. I don't know. I just like call up and share that with y'all. Appreciate the call as always, Andy. It's a rambling man lifestyle there. That's the rambling man lifestyle there. I I think I could get into that. What do you What do you think, Colonel? Yeah, I could if uh, if the boss lady would allow me. We do do a little bit of traveling, but uh, we can't stay away too long because for some reason we got uh, two four legged critters that. Uh, that exude a large uh, gravitational attraction. So if we're gone about more than three days, then all of a sudden, well, you know, it's time to go home and play with the critters. I I have the problem of uh, 
Well, both of my ex-wives drove me either to or close to bankruptcy. One all the way through and one pretty close to. So now I'm I'm going to try to be politically correct here. Now I'm very frugal. <laughs> I I can't you know every time we sit down and try to even plan a weekend away and we're like, "Oh, you want to go to the beach for the weekend?" That's going to be $1500. Like mm, that whew, that's like 7 months of mortgage payments. Why don't we just pay seven months off on the mortgage. Like every pay, every bit of extra money that we get gets thrown at the mortgage and, and, uh, and that's really my only debt. So sooner or later I'll be debt free and anytime I have extra money I'll be like, oh no, no, what do I do with it? And, and she'll be like, we can go to the beach, damn it. <laughs> Alright. Um, you know, let's do a sponsor break. Romika Designs, R-O-M-I-K-A Designs, RomikaDesigns.com. Use code Lightnouse while you're there to get some of the coolest custom laser creations you've ever seen. Custom, as in, you don't see what you want at RomikaDesigns.com? Email him, call him. He will make pretty much anything you want. And um, it's all done with lasers, which is really cool. He can cut stuff. He can engrave stuff. I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk him into doing the Declaration of Independence on like a, you know, like a half sheet of plywood, just burned into this four by four chunk of plywood. I think that'd be really cool. It'd be he awesome. Hasn't, he hasn't said yes yet, but he's he's looking into it. RomikaDesigns.com for some of the coolest custom laser engraved gifts you can possibly imagine. Use code Lighthouse while you're there. Save yourself a buck. I greatly appreciate it. So, so Colonel, let's go back to the article. We we talked about the uh, the movie a little bit. Let's talk about the the article. Well, I got to start in the article of why the Democrats are reacting like Dracula when confronted with a cross, mm-hmm. and I think a part of it is. Well, a big part of it is there are, and once again, this comes from uh, from my good friend Strife over at Red State. Um, and if you're not following his weekly war uh, uh, roundup over in Ukraine, you're missing out because he has the most insightful analysis, bar none. So you need to check that out. I'll send you the link to it later. Um, but one of the things that he, he talks about is that once you get to a certain level of wealth and power, and at that level they're kind of once you know the same thing, you start doing things because you can. You know, not exactly the same. But Gene Simmons talked about that when when he was touring with Kiss, and and just the the number of groupies that were coming and throwing himself at him, and and you know hundreds and hundreds of women as often as he wanted he said that the band eventually got to the point that they didn't really want to have sex they were just what could we get these girls to do just to see what they could do yeah well just to see what they could get away with telling them to do Mm -hmm. and when you get to the level of a, a bill gates or a former president like clinton 
or you're the, uh, the undisputed monarch of a country like Saddam Hussein, who, if a staff meeting wasn't going well, he pulls pistol out and cap a guy. Um, right. When you get to that level, you start doing things because you can, and it becomes like a drug. You keep doing more and more outrageous things. But the last thing you do it for them. All right, got to cut you off there, Colonel. Um, it is break time. We've got three minutes. We'll be right back on the other side of three minutes here in the National Intel Report. Liberty Lighthouse. Mike Lindell did it again with MyStore.com. MyStore.com is where you can go to find American-made products from American companies started by American entrepreneurs. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com to support Mike Lindell, American entrepreneurs, and this program. That code again is lighthouse at mystore.com. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report for Thursday, July 13, 2023. No phone calls are being taken at this time. You know, I don't want to start. I don't want to start. That is Bob Seeger. I love Bob Seeger for one. For two little trivia bit for you that's the only song that bomb seeger ever put out that that made number one and as far as bomb seeger goes that's a crap song anyway colonel mike ford you're with us for just a few seconds longer so why don't you give us the grand finale the where can we find you what's going on well you can find uh our team over at AFNN.US, that's AFNN.US, and that stands for American Free News Network. We are a volunteer organization, a 501c3. We run on donations as opposed to ads, so there are no pop-ups on the site. And we're always looking for citizen writers. So if you go on the site and say, come, come work with us, there's a little place where you can email us your, your information, and we'll put you on as a citizen writer. You got me on there. So, I do. So his his standards aren't very high. If he'll if he'll publish my stuff, he'll publish just about <laughs> anybody's stuff. So if you got if you write, send it to him. Speaking of which, I'm still looking. I haven't seen like my last three articles up there yet. Either that, or you're just not linking them to my profile, and I'm not seeing them. That that's possible. I'll square you away. We had some other stuff going on with the site or whatever, but you're going to see a bunch of yours like several days in a row here shortly. Oh, it was all good stuff. It's just I was running into some technical stuff with the site. Good stuff. That's code for um, your writing sucks, and I'm saving it no, for, no, no, for no, when, no, when I have to need somebody. There hasn't been a one thing that you've sent me that I could say, no, nah, this ain't no good. And not, not once. So you're good. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Colonel. We will see you in about a month. All righty. See you on the other side. Peace. Okay, so I started this show, and... Uh, it's talking about the uh, the the, uh, the Constitution course that I'm thinking about doing, the book that I'm writing, the articles that I've been writing. Oh, I don't know why I got myself all this busy. But um, before I get into the next thing I want to talk about, I got Lynn in Maryland on line one. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Peter. Um, actually, I'm sorry I missed the colonel. Um, I actually was calling uh, about the traffic, folks. Can you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive Paul crazy right now by saying, "Can you hear me?" 
Can you, okay, you can. Okay. Because actually, Mike did the beep early. So, okay, I'm coming through. Thank you very much. Sorry, Paul. Because um, I know that drives him crazy, and I know what it's like when we have things that drive us crazy. Um, you know, the problem is the, the boys and girls and men and women who are being trafficked, there's no left-right paradigm. No. Nor is there a left-right paradigm for the people that are trafficking them, nor those who are getting pleasure through them, by no. them, using them. Oh, let, you let know, and sure. how many of us have ever tried to help somebody? I mean, I, I still remember a day realizing when this girl approached me in the grocery store for money, and... One, it was Harry, and I knew it was Harry when it happened. She was in her early 20s, wanting money to pay for a prescription for her mother or some such thing. And I thought it was weird, and I actually, you know, and I dealt with the manager in the store before, so I went to customer service, and and while I was going there, I actually saw the creepiest dude on the planet, tattoos all over, and one of those big things, you know, people put like a big hole in their earlobe, you know, Uh, you know, yeah. one of those big ring things, so they have this huge hole, so it's mm-hmm. earlobes hanging down. I mean, the guy was just like creepo. And I knew right then he was using her. And then I went to the store. The guy at customer service could care less because I'm thinking, okay, pick up the phone and call the police, right? And so, okay, he wasn't going to do anything. So I went back to the store like I was shopping, but looking forward to approach her to say, do you want some help? Because I figured out, okay, you want money at the pharmacy, there's the end. If you want help, we'll go to the pharmacy, I'll talk to the pharmacist, and get you to safety, and we'll call the police. But I couldn't find her. And it breaks my heart. I couldn't find her. She was gone by then. Think of all the children in the Washington Post magazine. It was probably three or four or five years ago. There were all these kids that were actually in boarding schools, like in Haiti and parts of Africa, where the mothers had sent them to boarding school. And and legitimately, because they don't have any money, and, and it was you know, and on the up and up, and then somebody else in the family, either the parent or an aunt, signed papers, and those kids were adopted out to nice, good Christian evangelical families in this country, to the point where a girl actually was told she was a liar when she said something about her mother and and the woman was that was that had adopted or whatever said, you know, you, you don't have a mother. And she said, yes, I do. And I mean, the girl got beaten for it. Mm-hmm. You know. And then you have to think of the people in churches. I mean, we have this church here where the guy who was a youth counselor had been abusing kids for over twenty years because that Covenant Life Church wouldn't deal with it. I mean, when my husband and I went to that church, we immediately knew the place was creepy. 
And, I mean, you know, we listened to the intro thing, watched the film afterwards, and was like, okay, this is weird. Let's get out of here. Okay? And then I find out two or three years ago about that. And fortunately, finally, they did go after him. A girl that grew up in the church was in her 20s. But we had a law in Maryland where they couldn't go after him. Well, somehow it got changed, and he got charged, and he's in jail where he deserves to be because he he abused a lot of children. Now, this has nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. Nobody, nobody wants children abused. Nobody. And when it comes to Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky was in her 20s. She was of age. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, Donald Trump was having sex with the girls at Jeffrey Epstein's. His, his Department of Labor secretary was the one who did the plea deal with, with um, Epstein, so he only went to jail at night. So he was free during the day. The guy was having sex with teenagers. It, it no sweat off him to sleep in jail at night. They probably had to be home, you know. So we need to be. We need to think about what we're doing here, you know, and well, what we're saying. And we need to watch out because I can guarantee you, we all run into people that are in trouble and need our help, and then it comes down to us. I. I think what I what I'm hearing you try to say is that we're not getting news coverage because it's not a left right divisive paradigm issue. It's something that everybody, you know, it's disgusting to everybody except for the people doing it. But that's not enough to be sensational enough for the news coverage because it doesn't divide us. And that's everything that's on the news anymore is what divides you know us. What, Peter I haven't heard anybody on the left actually say this. What I hear is Salem Media, which, okay, I got a problem with Salem Media, I got to tell you. Anyway, because I hate the Council for National Policy, and they bought up half of the radio stations all over this country that are Christian and conservative, and they're up to no damn good. But what they're really good at is pointing fingers to cause problems and just divide us as people. We're not enemies, whether we're Republican or Democrat. They're radicals on both sides mm-hmm. here. You know, mm-hmm. life is what matters. Caring about each other is what matters. But I hear constantly, because it's not like I don't listen to conservative and liberal stuff. I listen to them both. I don't watch TV. I'm not on the Internet. But what I hear is people saying, oh, there's a QAnon conspiracy. They keep bringing this up, and they bring that up, and they say this, and they say that. Well, I can tell you, if I listen to NPR, I don't hear any of that, ever. I haven't heard it on C-SPAN. What I hear are the people who claim to be conservatives saying that the liberals are doing it. But I don't hear the liberals doing it. No, and you I don't hear the liberals talking. What, what I seem to say, like taking the child trafficking thing, what I see is the conservatives talking, or the right, team right, we'll use Brandon Hemichek's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Team right is talking about the child trafficking. Team left either isn't talking about it or 
they're talking about it in that well see look the right is talking about it they're 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 you know it's a conspiracy that the right QAnon adjacent conspiracy that the right just can't let go that's what i'm seeing is one side we all know there's trafficking oh yeah that's my point it exists we know it exists there's arrests for it all the time we all know know the scary part is Years ago, where was it? it? Was the Super Bowl in Vegas? I was on a prayer call. These guys were starting this thing, you know, to help the prostitutes in Vegas. Well, they had some house in the middle of Nowheresville in the Midwest mm-hmm. that they'd bought to take these women that they were going to help um, to Nowheresville. And I'm like, oh my God, talk about from the frying pan into the fire. There weren't any women involved in helping these women. It was just these guys. Now, I have to tell you, I have known pedophiles. You know, we have to look out for people. If we don't speak up, the same way if you see a child being abused, you have to say something, even if it risks getting hurt. That comes down to us. Well, you know what? That's a great place for me to to let you go there, Lynn. Because that's exactly okay. where sorry, we are. This actually no. gets to me because people are trafficked, and we hate that. All of us hate that. Before you go, I have to ask. You said you're not on the internet, so how do you listen to the show? You're helping those poor people. Thank you very much, Peter. I wait. appreciate you. Wait, wait. You said you're not on the internet. How do you listen to the show? By phone. Okay, just wondered. Yep. Thank you very much, Lynn. She brings up the great point of what do we do, right? She she brings us up of, you know, how, why aren't we stopping this? What do we do? And that's, that's where I think I need to put myself more is to what do we do next. So I've got a couple of ideas. There are things that I've learned about recently or things that I've been reminded of recently. And, you know, we all have the... The, we hear the adage, the, the cliche, you know, run for town council or run for school board. or And I've said, you know, just be one of the election officials at the, at, at the on election day because those are all vacant. But I've got a couple of other ideas that mean that oh, i got a couple of other ideas. But, be, but first, Pat in Fort Worth on line three. Welcome to the show, Pat. Hi, Peter. I uh, kind of uh, halfway listened, but I want to tell you that when people call in, they need to tell you where they're getting their information. Because, yes. because uh, uh, and then everybody needs to make his own decision. Like, uh, What's the uh, Judge Roy Moore when he was running for Senate in Alabama? They said that he had he was having sex with four young girls. Yeah. Well, he almost won anyway. He was very close to winning the uh, uh, the Democrat. But you could just say at the last minute, and they they have thousands and thousands of dollars that they would have put a TV ad out. And, and, uh, or something, uh, so so people will make their decisions based on, oh, I didn't know he was that bad. 
Well, mm-hmm. uh, in, in 2017, this man has the Constitution totally memorized. Does that impress you? And, yeah. and when, in 2017, when he was running, they did that to him. But in uh, uh, August of 2022, he won an $8.2 million defamation lawsuit for them doing that to him. Oh, yeah, but nobody hears about that. No, you're not going to hear that anywhere. You're not going to go to GNN, GNN uh, and, and hear that or, or, you know, any of those communist broadcasting networks. You're not going to hear it. <laughs> no, and that's, and that's part of the problem is, you know, they, they, anybody in my network, your network, whatever, they, they get, you know, everybody's going to get a story wrong every now and then. It's going to happen. But when you do, the retraction should be as big as the story. So you got this. If it's headlines in the beginning, the retraction should be headlines too. Right. right. So Judge Roy Moore sex with minors and it's, you know, two inch font on the top of page one. But when they retract it, it's yeah. you know page page six, and it's you know only right. an inch. Because you know what, we're going to be judged as we are judged. Absolutely. Yep. Pardon. Absolutely. We're going to be judged as we judge. So, if we would like righteous judgment, we need to see that we do righteous judgment. I know Absolutely. you don't like to talk about the Bible, but the point is, uh, it's a fact. Well, you know, were you were you listening at the at the the, the first hour? I think I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, that, that know. whole "I'm not a terribly religious person" thing is is starting to change. Yeah, you were talking. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Well, you know, you started that. You you're the person you know, who called in and made me. Know for the very first time start to think that you know, maybe maybe the Constitution actually is a Christian document. You called in and pointed out that the you know, the the the, uh, the signature line had the yeah. in the year of our Lord. Right. <laughs> and that was that was at that moment no, no, think about it. this. Is one of those you know, Lord works mysterious ways kind of thing. That was months and months and months ago, and I, I thought that is one of the most articulate arguments I've ever heard for the Constitution being a religious document. And then well, here it is, you know, uh, here, here it is months later, and I just did a course about the Constitution. It was like a one day course that tied so much of our make, uh, America's founding back to the Bible. I mean, a lot. Like, amazing amounts of stuff from our founding tied tied to the Bible. And But that all started, you know, the mysterious ways things. It, your comment is probably what started to open my eyes. <laughs> well, that wasn't very much. See, generally, uh, I wait until I can't take it anymore, and, and then it's too late to get much said. Uh, but 
one day I called Chris Hinkley and, and I said, uh, Chris, what about the book? It's called America's uh, God. See, America's God. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. But it's William. William. Yes. I can't think of the name of it. But it's, it's William, William J. Ferdinand. Yes. I can't think of the name of it. But it's. I don't know what happened, but you are suddenly on a loop there, Pat. I I think we kind of lost the connection with Pat there. That was kind of funny, though, just the constant repeat. Yeah, her, her phone has issues. You can you can hear. I'm listening off air, and it's still it's kind of looping. That that yeah. happens with phones. It's, yeah, the looping just, thing is funny though. Anytime you hear it, it's like you know, because it takes you for a second. And you're like, "Is she repeating herself?" No, wait. There's a third time. I think that's a digital loop. Anyway, um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that I I've kind of tripped over, kind of rediscovered. I I don't even know. There's something about what's going on in my own personal head lately that I want to share. I often talk about how we can save our Republic, what we can do, what can we do? And of course, you know, everybody asks, what can we do? And it really boils down to, we got to take our country back county by county. The chances of us being able to, to, you know, sweep elections so bad that we elect 500 constitutionalists to the Senate or to Congress, the House and the Senate, in one time, the chances of that happening are pretty freaking slim. But the chances of you being able to elect a constitutionalist in your county, that's a lot better chances. And it really boils down to the sheriff. I have long believed that the sheriff, the county sheriff, the elected county sheriff is the most appointed elected job in our country. It's the only person, to my knowledge, the only elected office that is accountable only to we the people. Unlike all elected offices in our country, they swear that oath to the Constitution. But your sheriff, you know, they're a county sheriff, and they're paid by the county but they're elected by you. They don't report to the county commissioners or the county supervisor. They only report to you. And we all know that the federal government just doesn't have the manpower to do hmm, the the massive confiscations and crap like that that they want to do. And they have to rely on people like your county sheriff. 
back in the Brady Bill. You remember the Brady Bill? Back in the 90s, they tried to amend the Brady Bill and basically force sheriffs to go out and enforce the Brady Bill and confiscate guns. And Basically, there was an amendment proposed to the Brady Bill that would temporarily, <coughs> temporarily reassign your county sheriff to, I don't know, the ATF, some federal agency, to do federal work. Now, there were roughly 3,000 sheriffs in this country, 3,087, I believe. You know how many of those 3,087 sheriffs joined a lawsuit to challenge whether or not the federal government had the authority to do that? A lawsuit, by the way, which made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And, oh, they won. The sheriffs who took this case to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court's opinion was that the federal government cannot enlist, force state and local officers to do their work. They can ask, but they can't force. So here's this piece of legislation, this amendment to the Brady Bill that would have required 3,087 sheriffs across our country basically to confiscate guns. Some of them sued. How many of them you think that was? You think a third? No. Seven. 3,000 87 sheriffs in this country. A lawsuit is going up saying that the federal government cannot do this. I'm your sheriff. I see this clear violation of the separation of powers. Clear violation of federalism. A clear violation of your constitutional rights. And of those 3,087 sheriffs, only seven joined that lawsuit. That's a problem. We need to elect sheriffs that not only say, well, I, I support the Second Amendment. We need to elect sheriffs that when you ask them what's the role of government, they say to protect your God-given rights. And when you ask him, what are you going to do when President whoever's next, or Congress, or the ATF, comes down here and says, uh, we need you to uh, collect guns from these people. That sheriff, the ideal response from your sheriff is, no. I will not assist you in violating the constitutional rights of my citizens. And two, if you do that in my county, I will arrest you. You have no jurisdiction here. 
that's the other part of that lawsuit. That lawsuit in the 97, I believe it was, the Supreme Court acknowledged that the county sheriff, the elected county sheriff, is the chief law enforcement officer of the county. That's important. Chief law enforcement officer means that any other department, agency, whatever, that wants to operate within that county needs that sheriff's permission to do so. Make sure you know your sheriff. Make sure your sheriff knows the Constitution. Because the sheriff really is your last line of defense for whatever constitutional rights you may have left. And if you want to keep them, your sheriff really is the answer. I got another one. It, it involves juries, but I don't have time. We're out of time. So uh, if you're listening on RBN Live, stay tuned for Jeffrey Bennett, Edge of Darkness. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to Mike, my producer, couldn't do the show without you. Thank you, my listeners and callers. You're why I do the show until next week. Protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. You'll have to buy it from our cold dead hands. We want the freedom that God gave us. So you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you gotta come through us and take it. One shot at a time. Now I know. I'm Peter Seraphine, and So Simple Even a Politician Can Understand is my latest book. It is a book of simple ideas that would go a long way towards fixing some pretty big problems in our government. It is an easy-to-read short book that uses common sense, something seriously lacking in our government. Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com books. 